Hey, it's uh, Dave here, and uh, just letting you know that last Sunday we had an amazing time in church. Uh, we were so blessed to be watching one of the video messages sent from Malaysia, Pastor Kenner, for speaking, and uh, we were all very blessed. And uh, personally, I myself was uh, up with our church in Ex Edinburgh, and we had a good time ministering there. And uh, because of that, there's no fresh sermon upload this week, uh, but uh, in a divine circumstance, we stumbled upon this very old message in our laptop. We didn't even realize that it was there. And, uh, you know, we heard it again and we thought that it was quite a powerful message that maybe will be a blessing to people listening in this week. So just a heads up, this is an old message. I think it was probably recorded around 2015, 2016, uh, not too long after I started the work in UK. And uh, so just bear in mind that uh, uh, the accent could be thicker and uh, certain terminologies could be, you know, in Malaysian terms. Uh, but overall, I think it's still going to be a huge blessing to you. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this. I won't go into God's Word right now. And uh, would you turn with me to Joshua chapter 4. Amen, Joshua chapter 4. And I'm going to read God's scripture. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here. Here where? Out of the middle of the Jordan. What Jordan? The Jordan River. From the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe, and Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each of you take up one stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off and the stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan as the Lord spoke to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Then Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. And we're going to pause there for a bit. You know, well, before that, let's pray. Father Lord, we just want to commit today's preaching to your hands. And even as we have opened your word, we ask that we not just increase in Bible knowledge, but Lord, we increase in our personal knowledge of you. Lord, may your word jump out from its pages, from the devices that we're holding and change our hearts, change our lives and mold us and remold us to become more like you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. You know, if that I can put a topic to the message I'll preach today, it's called remember. 
You know, and you, over here, you have God giving Joshua very specific instructions that after they will cross the Jordan and it was supernatural, God had brought the people out of Egypt and out of the wilderness and they're about to cross into their promised land. Therefore, you will notice the shift of leadership from Moses to Joshua. Now, what God commanded Joshua to do is this, as I'm about to bring you in, as you're stepping in to your promised land, after you have stepped into your promised land, I want you to do one thing and one thing only. Don't forget. You see, the problem with modern Christianity many times is that we forget. You know, there's a song that I, I really liked. Uh, growing up listening is from Hugh Song. We don't sing in church nowadays. You know, it's an oldie. It, it maybe uh, uh, it goes something like this. You know, I said on Sunday, how much I want revival. But then on Monday, I can't even find my Bible. Where's the power? The power of the cross in my life. And it goes on and on and on. And so many times, that's us. When I heard the song for the first time, this was one of my, the early cassettes that I bought. You know, last time we didn't have CDs or MP3 players or iPod or iPhones. We had Walkmans or tape players and, and we had cassettes. And then we would save up so much to buy a cassette uh, from Hill Songs. And uh, that's one of the uh, last few songs in, in the track, in Side B, I still remember, from the album for this cause. So if you're interested, you can Google it, YouTube it. And so when I heard that song, I went and go like, wow, that, that's me. I felt that song was describing me. So many times I stand in front of church. So many times I stand in front of conferences. So many times I stand in front of camps and say that, God, I want revival. God, I want the change. But come Monday, I forget. Come Monday, I've forgotten all the words that I've cried out to God in my tears while kneeling down at the altar. And the problem with human beings is that we, we have a problem with remembering. And many times we forget how good God has been to us. We forget that He is the, 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 the reason why we still have breath this morning. And we take for granted every single thing that God does for us. And so today I felt the Holy Spirit say, you got to challenge my people to remember you got to bring them to that place of remembering. Now, before you feel bad about yourself, it's not your problem. It's a human problem. It's a systemic human problem that started even in the days of Joshua. So much so that God knew, man, I brought these people out of Egypt. And if you study the passages in the wilderness, already in the wilderness, they start to forget. Moses, you crazy. Why you bring us out here? No, there's no water. There's no couches. There's no sofa. It's just sand, sand, sand. Do you bring us out here to die? Forgetting that previously they had just endured 300 years of slavery. But then within a few months, God, man, if you, you know, you would think, right? Man, if, 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 if I was in 300 years of slavery, man, I would be celebrating whoever who sets me free. But these people, within months, they forget. And therefore, in the wilderness, God had to cut off entire generation. And God is saying, man, I don't want the same thing to happen again. Therefore, He's putting a certain system in place to help the people, what? Remember. 
And so he chose his system, I'm going to do something miraculous. And he probably figured, you know, not, not to say that God doesn't plan in advance, but he's thinking like, okay, the last time, you no, know, I had so much faith in my people that they will be so thankful that, that I have delivered them and they will remember me forever. But guess human beings, I, I should have known, I have a little bit too much faith in them. They have a memory problem. This time, okay, I'm going to, give, I'm going to bring with them souvenirs of their last miracle. And so they go walk through supernaturally the River Jordan. And now River Jordan, how many of you have crossed the river before? You've gone swimming in the river, talking to city kids, crossed the river before. Oh, what's that? What's a river? Uh, no, have you gone swimming in the river before? Okay, and then the older ones are lifting their hands. Oh man, I feel so old. <laughs> you know, no, or, 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 and, and basically, the River Jordan is it's almost like a, a border wall between Jordan and Israel. And during the crossing at this time, Bible scholars say, this was during flood season in the Jordan. It, when the Jordan becomes high tide flood season, it, it can go really high. Uh, some people say that it's a minimum, minimum of eight feet on a normal high tide day. Okay? So eight feet. Alright? How many of you can measure what eight feet is? Okay? I am less than two feet. Okay? Uh, uh, think of, you know, you know, are you two feet? No. What's that? Oh, sorry, sorry, meters. Sorry, but they just say feet is so short. Yeah, what am I talking about? Feet is like, uh, Pastor, you're a bit crazy. Okay, meters. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're 1.8. Okay, 1.8. So that's close to 2 meters. Sorry, 8 meters. So 1.8. So imagine four Enochs and a half stacked on each other, and there you get the River Jordan and where they were crossing. And so while it might not be the deepest of oceans, duh, it's not an ocean, it's a river, but God parted it. How many of you would like to see eight meters of water part in front of you? And how many of you would like it to say that and you can collect souvenirs from it? And I know Yvonne loved it. Uh, Yvonne collects sand. Do you still do that? Do you still collect sand? No. What do you collect now? What do you call Skulls. No, no. What do you... <laughs> Was it bones? Okay, now she's into bones. Uh, but it wasn't you sand and seashells and one. No, sometimes you go places and then you like to... That's Pastor Andy, okay, so sorry. Uh, uh, Pastor Andy has this fascination with sand. So next time you come back from somewhere, you just want to bless Pastor Andy, the cheapest souvenir you can get him, sand. You know, just take off your shoes and dust it in front of him. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, no, no. He loves sand, okay? As in like collecting sand from different places he's been to. And so God didn't just ask them to collect sand. God asked them to collect stones in the middle of the river. It means these stones, even when they come out, they will not look like any other stones. They will look like smooth, pebble-like stones. because, and, and even if you put that, you're like, hey, these stones are so strange. Now, you must understand. Back then, there was no science. There was no textbook. Nobody went to school. Nowadays, if you go like, oh, smooth stone. I know where this stone comes from. Oh, clever you. But last time, that wasn't the case. And when people look at smooth stones, they'll be like, whoa, what's this about? And then they're able to say, that, well, this stone came from the middle of the River Jordan. And they go like, what? No way. No way. Yeah, yes way. And I've got 11 other stones to prove it. <gasps> and so God wanted to put in place something that can be set up. Something you can put at where they were camping. And when they look at that, they will always remember what God did for them. To the point where the children, if the children one day go like, you know, uh, I don't get why we need to go to temple. Well, son, let me tell you this. You see those 12 stones? Those used to be in the middle of the Jordan River. But our God parted it and we were walking through it and then we collected it and we put it there so that we can always remember what our God did for us. And so modern day, we don't have 12 stones. But it doesn't change the fact 
that we need to remember. And I'm going to give you three reasons to help motivate you on why we should remember and the benefits of when we remember God's goodness. Point number one is this. When you remember, it gives you power. There is power when it comes to remembering. There is power when it comes to memory. Okay? Don't believe me? Let me test this out, okay? It's about 12 now. Try to finish by 12.30. Some of you might be feeling a bit hungry. Wouldn't you like it right now? I'm going to serve you a nice, big, jumbo plate. Not, not a small plate, a jumbo plate of nasi lemak. And we're not just cooking it in some rice cooker. No, 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 no. We're doing it the traditional way. We're doing it the right way. We're going to steam it. And so it'll come out smelling of coconut fragrance. And, and that's, that's just the rice. And on one side, we're going we're gonna to have some we're going to have some uh, nice curry chicken. All right? But then we're not going to do it the normal way. Okay? We're going to get the best chicken and uh, we're going to slow cook it to the point where you know, the, the bone almost disintegrates and you can eat the bone in. It's so soft. And the gravy, we're going to use the best gravy. Not too spicy because not everyone here can take spice, but a little bit on the spicy and sweet side. And so it's going to be so rich in gravy. We'll put some more coconut on that. Malaysians, we just love our coconut milk, don't we? And then next to that, oh, we're going to put some pickled vegetables. We're going to have some delicious cucumbers, vegetables. We're going to pickle them. And then next to it, you know, we're going to have some ikan bilis. We're going to fry them. They're going to be crispy. They're going to be the right amount of salty. You won't taste the fishiness because it's the best. And then we're going to put some peanuts there. And then by the side, oh, we can't forget sambal. Can we get sambal? And this is a slow-cooked, pressure-cooked sambal with lots of onions. And we're going to caramelize the onions to the point where the onion disintegrates and the sugar doesn't. We don't need to add sugar. Sugar comes from the natural sweetness that comes from the onions. You think onion marmalade, but a little bit on the spicy side. This is, this is, this is sambal, Malaysian style. And on top of that, we're going to top it with this beautiful fried egg, sunny side up. Yolk just so yellow in the top, glistening. You blow it and it pops. And then it crisps around there. How many of you are hungry right now? <laughs> what I just effectively did was using the power of memory to instill hunger in you. That's what I did. I just used Memory. I just use your experiences. I'm calling forth some of your best experiences. I'm calling forth some of your best videos you watch on YouTube. I'm calling forth. And then suddenly now you feel hungry. I just activated something in you by causing you to remember. That's the power of remembering. And so many times as Christians, we live defeated lives. We think that, God says, remember. And what God did to the people says, no, when you cross to the promised land, yes, it is the promised land, aka the land that I will give to you, but it doesn't come easy. Because how many know that when you study Joshua later on, that they started to fight giants the moment they entered into the promised land. In the wilderness, they never had to fight. They had abundance provision. And you might say, but the weather wasn't that awesome. No, the weather was great. 
pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, central heating by night, air conditioning by day. That's how God rolls. And they never had to fight. They never had to go shopping. Now, some of the women could be crying, but it's a good thing for the men. And so, you know, they went and God provided everything. And the moment they stepped into the promised land and they could finally settle, they could finally build houses, they could finally build their bungalows and enjoy the sweet water and the produce, but they had to fight. And so God says that, no, when you enter into a promised land, it doesn't mean that there's no worries, but it means that I will be with you just like how I have been with you to fight the battles that you need to fight. And all you need to do is remember. And similarly, in our day today, you know, after we are saved, does it mean that all problems go away? No. Are there problems in the world? Yes. Do we have to face exams? Yes. Do we have bills that will come? Yes. But how do we face them? By remembering. Many times, we remember the wrong thing. When we see a bill, we remember how a friend of ours, a, a family friend, a, a close relative of ours, and how because he didn't pay his bills, his car was taken away from him. And how he entered into a debt, etc., etc., etc. And instead of remembering the goodness of God, we remember the worst that can happen. And that is in us. And God is saying, don't do that. Look to what I have done. And so today, we got to look to what God has done. And while we might not have 12 stones, we have the Bible. And we can look to what God has done. I've got a bill to pay. Look to what God has done. Oh, He is the provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. Oh, i got a sickness. i got a disease. i just received news. i got cancer. Look to what He has done. He is a healer. He, does, he, he raises the dead. There is nothing impossible for Him. You know, I, I feel like I've got no more future. I think I'm stupid. Look to what God has done. He gives King Solomon wisdom. And the Bible says, He who lacks wisdom, let him ask from God and he shall receive it. You feel like no, I feel so lonely here. I feel so lonely. Look to what God has done. And he says that I will never leave you or forsake you. And when you do that, what happens is internally a power comes up. A supernatural power arises from within you that immediately makes you go like, I can handle this. This cancer, yeah, it's still cancer, but it's not a problem. Yeah, I got this bill, but it's not a problem. Yeah, I feel lonely, but it's not a problem. Yeah, I'm still single, but it's not a problem. Yeah, I'm not rich, but it's not a problem. Yeah, I just got an accident, but it's not a problem. Because I remember what God has done. And so, friends, we've got to come back to that place. You, and, and the thing is this. Memory works both ways. When you go watch a scary movie, and the, the Japanese are so good at this, they make everyday things scary. The TV now becomes scary. The phone becomes scary. The lift becomes scary. Next thing you know, they're going to make a movie about the toilet. The toilet's going to become scary. And every Christian is going to be spooked out in the middle of the night. You don't dare to go to the toilet. Why? Because you remember what you saw. But if you remember what God has done, oh, you'll never be afraid. You know, I still remember when I first got married to my wife. And I discovered, you know, first time sleeping with my wife, no sharing the same bed. Discover one thing, my wife occasionally talks in her sleep. And so one day, this, this is the first night, first night, first night we had together. You know, just you no know, sleeping, night she's other. And then suddenly she says, dear, dear. I'll be like, yeah. Can you ask the man to leave? I say, what man? The man over there. Man over there, where? Because I didn't know she talks in the sleep. I thought she was actually talking. And the man there standing in a the corner. 
Now, some of you are already creeped out. Some of you are already creeped out. It happened in the hotel. Some of you are already creeped out. But I'm not creeped out. You know why? Because I remember what Jesus did. In the name of Jesus, everything, everything on earth, under the earth, must bow. I remember how the demons were so afraid of Jesus. So, so there's, there's no fear. So even when I see these kind of things, and sometimes later on in ministry, I, I see these kind of things. You know, the demonic realm is real. If you can believe in the heavenly realm, the demonic realm is real. But the thing is this, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not scared of that because I remember how much more powerful my God is. And then the eternal power comes within me to enable me to overcome. The second thing that we must, the, the, the benefits of remembering, besides giving us power, is this, the second P. It brings the power to the present. You know, sometimes you can remember, oh yeah, there's power, there's power, but it brings it to the present. It brings it straight into the situation that you are in. For that, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we use this all the time. We're about to take communion. All chairpersons are intimately familiar with this. And it says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse... You remember? All the chairperson are saying? <laughs> 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in. Come on, read it with me now. Remembrance of me. And God is even in communion. What is communion? It's God saying, remember. Remember. And but what I love is this. For, 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Now, please don't misunderstand. It doesn't mean that every time you do this, you proclaim that Jesus is still dead until one day He pops up again. No, no, no. It means that when you do this, you proclaim that Jesus has died for all your sins, all your iniquities. And, and that blessing is with you. That victory is with you. That authority is with you until he himself comes back again. Why he himself comes back again? Because when he comes back again, we don't need to rely on the name of Jesus. We have Jesus straight in our face to rely on. And so God is saying that every time you do this in remembrance, you see even Jesus saying, remember. God is telling in the Old Testament to the people of Israel, remember. Jesus is telling people in the New Testament, remember. And it says this every time, for as often as you drink it. That means if people reading this in 1915 and people reading this in 2015, regardless of which year they read it, when they read it and when they do that, when they partake of the communion in remembrance of what Jesus did more than 2,000 years ago, that victory, that power, that healing immediately pops up in their situation in whether it's 1915 or 2015. And guess what? When you read this next year, in 2016, the power from 2,000 years ago comes to the present. You know, while we were over there, my wife wasn't feeling well. And uh, she had some pain in the stomach. And some of you, maybe you noticed, you prayed for her. And uh, 
we, we you know she, and she had very unbearable pain for a week, and uh, we you know uh, uh, and, and we went to see doctors, and uh, because we are not citizens over there, it cost us more money, you know, thousands uh, of pounds to see healthcare. Uh, that's just how things are over there. But thank God for travel insurance, amen. Uh, and uh, so what we did that still, no doctor when urine test, nothing. Blood test, nothing. Ultrasound, nothing. But the pain was still there. And so what we did was this. I told her, hey, let's take communion. And every day we started to take communion. Because we know this, when we take communion, we bring into the present the healing that Jesus gave and gave his life for more than 2,000 years ago. So the next time you feel like you need, you know, oh, how? That's what remembering does. When you remember power comes up, I can do this. But not just that, the anointing comes to the present. And so everything, remember all that, the things that God has done. So the next time you feel like a dead end, you go to the people, you know, and, and you want to pray for healing. And you go like, oh no, I've been praying for my friends, nobody gets healed, you know. How? Remember. Don't remember the last time you failed. Remember the last time God succeeded. Remember the last time the apostles prayed and people were made well. You know, the, the, the next time you have a, have a problem with finances, don't remember the last time you were poor. Do remember the last time you made a wrong decision financially. Remember the last time God provided. Remember what the Bible says about God's provision. Because when you remember, you bring it to the present. And last but not least is this. When you remember, you perpetuate breakthrough. Now, perpetuate just means go on and on and on. You see, when God told the people in Joshua chapter 4, do this, it wasn't just for this generation. He said it so that even one day when your children ask you, you're able to pass on this victory. You're able to pass on this breakthrough secret to them. And so God's not in the business of just blessing one generation. God wants every generation to be blessed. And God is not interested in just blessing you one Sunday. God wants to create within you a lifestyle of perpetual blessing. A lifestyle of perpetual victory. A lifestyle of perpetual breakthrough. But what's the key? Remember. Remember. Because when you remember, you won't go back. Let me give you this example. How many of you here have gone out of your house only to return back because you forgot something? You forgot your wallet. You forgot your phone. You forgot your homework. You forgot your tablet. You forgot something. You, you know, hopefully no parents here can say, I forgot my kid. <laughs> But do you notice what? You only turn back. You only go backwards when you, what? Forget. But when you remember, do you, ever need to, do you ever need to go backwards? No. You only go forward. You only go forward. When you forget, that's where you, you, don't, go, you don't get to your, where you need to go on time. But when you remember, you're always on time. You're always at the right place at the right time. And so that's what God wants to do. Remember, because I want to perpetuate a lifestyle of victory. When we forget, we go backwards. And that's why so many Christians, we suffer. Camp after camp after camp, each camp feels like a refresher course. Oh, 
So many times I went to camps to speak, and they go like, well, Pastor, thank you so much for your message. You know, after your message, I, I, I feel like God is reminding me, you know, of a promise I made to Him 12 years ago. Now, I'm glad I'm able to be a blessing in that. Some people do need remembering, and some, no reminding especially. But I believe each camp should be a next level. Each conference should be equipping to the next level. Instead of a refresher course. So God is saying, come on. When you remember, there's power. When you remember, you bring it to the present. And when you remember, 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 you perpetuate my victory. Hallelujah. Can I just get the musicians up? We're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father Lord, we love you. Father Lord, we forgive us many times when we forget. Friends, a lot of us here, you are not living the best life that God wants you to live. You're not living a victorious life. You're not living a breakthrough life because you've forgotten. Affairs happen because couples forget that they were in love. They forget that they were committed. They could only look at the bad times and forget the good times. We make mistakes. You date the wrong person because you forget you're not just somebody who's desperate and lonely. You're a child of God. And a child of God deserves the best. And so, who's the best? God's the best. So only He can give you the best. So I'm not going to just date any Tom, Dick or Harry or Sarah just because I'm lonely. No, no, no. I'm a child of God. I deserve another child of God. I'm not going to be desperate. You see, many times we we fail in life and we don't do so well in our studies. It's not because we're, we're dumb. No. We forget. You forget to pray. You forget to put God first. I love Weibing's testimony. He put God first. That's why God never forgot him. Because he remembered. And from now onwards, he'll always remember. Because his memory will just become shorter in a good way. He doesn't need to recall back 2,000 years ago. He just needs to recall back the last time God showed up for him. You know, one of our students who started a church in Bristol, his name is John. He just uh, texted me. His results just came out. And uh, he put God first. How many of you first year going to a place to study, you would say yes to planting a church for God. Not a lot of people. Most people would say, God, let me play first. God, let me tour Europe first. God, give me a few months time. He arrived and he says, no, I'm going to do it. Because he remembers. And God remembers him. He got result. And uh, he say, oh, this is my second year. I'm doing engineering. Pastor, praise God. I pass all my papers and my average mark is 76. That's a first-class honour. And good news, Pastor, uh, they just announced that I'm top three in cohort. That means it's top three of the entire course. <laughs> For everyone who's doing second year, he's top three. And then he told me, wow, God really has got my back. I said, why? Because, Pastor, remember when I told you I was really scared I was going to fail? I wasn't exaggerating. I was really scared. There were certain papers where I leave certain questions blank blank pastor 
And then he texted me, Pastor, God is so good. I leave blank or so I can get first class. See, the, the, the problem is not because you're stupid. The problem is not because you didn't study. The problem is not because your lecture is not smart enough. No, 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 no. Come on, stop pointing fingers to other people. The problem is this, sometimes we forget. We forget that God is in control. We forget that God loves us. We forget that God wants to bless us. And we forget to put God first. And that's why every time in church we say, come on, give God your best. What's, what's another word to say that? And say, give, no, make God your first. Many times the problem with us is that we make God our second. We make our fears first. We make our problems first. We make our situation first. We make our dead end first. No! When you remember, you put God first. And then you go like, I'm a child of God and God is with me. Oh, and by the way, I got this bill that I need to pay. But guess what? I can pay because point number one, God is with me. I'm His child. But instead, what we do is this. We go like, ah, oh, I got this problem. How, how, how? And then if we're lucky, number two. But some, most of the time, by number six point, then we only go through the kindness of some friend. Hey, brother, you can pray, right? And we go like, oh, yeah, huh? Oh, yeah, I can pray. No, 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 no. no. God first. Problem second. God first. Remember, remember, remember. And unleash God's power into your present perpetually. Father, Lord, we look to you. Lord, all that you've done, Lord, you're so amazing. Forgive us, God, for so many times we take your word for granted and we take what you've done for granted. But Lord, today, oh God, today we just want to praise you. How many know that there's, there's power remembering when you praise? Every time in worship, it's not just karaoke, sing along. No, 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 no. Every one of those songs are like stones that when we look at them we remember yes God your grace is like an ocean your love is so deep it covers me and your grace is more than enough there's nothing impossible for you I am your friend and while I am also a sinner you have redeemed me by the cross and because of that God I will follow because of that, you can send me anywhere and I will go. Hallelujah. Let's just stand and let's worship God. And let's begin to tell your spirit, tell your inner man, come on, remember. Come on, remember. Come on, remember. Father Lord, I pray for everyone who is going through a problem right now. Everyone, Father Lord, there could be some of my brothers and sisters here, they're going through something, a bad habit that they've been wanting to kick for so long. And every time they cannot kick that habit, every time they go back to the habit, they feel so guilty, they feel so dirty, they feel so down about themselves. But God, right now, I pray that God, you will cause them to remember. And every time they feel temptation come, scratching on their back, they will remember they will remember that for the Lord that they have authority in the name of Jesus to command temptation to flee and the strength to call upon you to resist the enemy. Father Lord, they don't just have any strength. They have your strength that they can call upon. Help us to remember. Lord, help us every next time that we give to the offering. Lord, we will not give based on what we remember our bank account to be. But Father Lord, we will give by faith because we remember how much you love us. 
And God, we're not going to give according to our circumstances. We're going to give by faith because we remember that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So giving by our circumstances will not please you, but giving by faith will please you. The next time we face an important life decision and everything seems to be coming down on us, forcing us, God calls us to remember that Lord, you are the God who calmed the storms. So sometimes, friends, we will meet crossroads in our lives. That's a fact. But know that uh, I mean, uh, crossroads are no problem for the God who died on the cross. <laughs> but maybe what we need to do sometimes is remember because the, the problem of crossroads is not so much different directions, it's different voices that come like a storm in our lives trying to tear us, trying to blow us from one corner to the other, what we need, just need to do is pray to God, God, in Jesus' name, I calm every mental storm in my life right now and help me to hear your voice and help me to step into the right decision. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.